0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Flamenco Attitude. This is the podcast that brings you all things flamenco. We talk about the music, the culture, the people and everything in between. I'm your curious host, Galia. I know almost nothing about the flamenco culture, but I've had many, many conversations throughout the years with my friend, colleague and former teacher, Marcos, who is an excellent flamenco guitar player, he's an expert on the genre, he's written books and he's met a lot of people from Andalusia and all across uh, Spain and England as well, and he knows the culture inside out, he lives with it every single day. Previously, we covered things connected to flamenco, for example, why it is a world music, well, the most recognized, in fact, form of world music. A lot of flamenco things, for example, how people dress, how they furnish their houses, you know, typical flamenco furniture, some of the greatest in the flamenco from back in the uh, 30s, the 40s and the 70s. And today we're going to get into another very interesting genre to break things a little bit and to bring other uh, cultures in as well in connection with flamenco we're going to talk about flamenco fusion so without any further ado let's get into the episode now marcos when we say fusion that's just me when you when we say fusion i understand bringing together two different things and mixing them into one for example folk with rock is this what we're alluding to when we talk about flamenco fusion is that in connection with other genres
1: well i think we could we could actually regard the whole of flamenco as fusion from its early history because if you think about it over the centuries it is a fusion of many cultures arabic jewish all of this so it was already a fusion Hmm. before we get the modern idea of fusion which is where you start bringing in alien instruments because of course flamenco has always been associated, when it had an instrument, when the instruments were introduced, it is guitar. So for the purist, flamenco can only only be the guitar and a singer, no other instrument. And then we get these issues that has happened, because fusion, if we're going to use that word, the word didn't really exist in the early part of the 20th century in that sense. Fusion did start in flamenco much earlier than we think. But I think I know what you're going to talk about fusion because w- what we're going to look at is can flamenco fuse with blues? Yes. Can flamenco fuse with jazz? Yeah, can with, with, with rockwood, with with popwood, yeah. everything,
0: yes. And you think, it, it? and if actually it has, hasn't it?
1: It has, and many people don't like it. <laughs> um, I, I'm quite a fan.
0: Do you know what, from somebody who is... A, a, Probably exposed to more genres in the sense of I listen to more things than, for example, somebody like you who is very flamenco oriented. I would say people would like it because we are looking for something different. We're looking for something that is not so familiar, like flamenco in the purest form, but also coming into a genre like you mentioned a second ago rap, you know, that a lot of people these days. You know, it's it's a very hot topic. But we
1: don't want to dilute it too much. But do
0: we, we don't want to dilute it too much. Okay, so talk to me about um, historically them because you mentioned about the guitar. Yeah, th- how did th- it start?
1: If we if we want to talk about real fusion, yes, uh, I think we can start with a, an artist who left Spain uh, because of Franco and everything. One of the great gypsy guitarists. I mean, if you if you can imagine this man, Sabicas, he he's already in books i've got when he was nine years of age he's already a professional and he's called Sabicas by the way because when he was a child he couldn't pronounce abbas which is beans so he says sabbath and so mm. he's called the little sabbath and he left spain to go and live in new york places like that
0: well, well can you imagine the, the cultural shock
1: well, I mean, I, I can't, but one thing's for certain, he certainly made an awful lot of records while he was yes. there. Yes, um,
0: be, because he he went to a city, uh, what time was this, what time? Line this was this? This
1: would be, he, um, he was still there even up until the early 80s, so he would well, go there in the, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the 40s, 50s, 60s.
0: Yeah, well that in a way makes sense to me because he went into a city that appreciates different yeah. cult. It's, it's a city that to this day my understanding is appreciates underground music and a lot of musicians who were very underground and not really popular yeah. became really popular yeah. because people love them and what yeah. they do he got incredible
1: okay. recording contracts yeah but from our point of view of fusion
0: hmm.
1: in about i think it's uh, in 1970 he gets involved with a, a rock guitarist joe beck Jobet. Now, this is historic. If, if you yeah. ever get a chance to see this record, it's called Rock Encounter, Sabika's Rock Encounter oh with Beck. Uh, the cover, the, the sleeve is just... You, you, I'm going to pull it up. You,
0: While you're talking to me, I'm you, going you, to pull you it you up now. You just can't
1: believe what it's like. And he made this record. Now, the reason this is important is um, he is an outstanding player. He's a great figure that goes back a long way. And there he is performing with a rock guitarist. And this was to influence the producer of Camarón, Ricardo Pachón. Have you got that image there now? I
0: got the image, yeah, I, and I have to say... <laughs> I think, because we see... Well, you've probably seen it thousand yeah. and one times. Does it
1: remind you of Euronymous Bosch or something like that?
0: It does, actually. Yeah. But, but as you said, there are the elements of... Yeah. So you have the guitarist, you know, sitting straight up with the flamenco guitar. Yeah. Uh, you have... Um, uh, well uh, uh, a lady in the state of undress <laughs> next to him <laughs> dancing um, you have a, a castle at the back yeah and but but you still have this typical style of how uh, records and record covers were drawn back in the yeah. You know, as you mentioned, the 50s and the 60s. very colorful as well. So, if it, you know, for whoever's listening, if you Google Sabika's rock encounter with Joe Beck, you will see what. Cause, cause they don't the, make. It's also, like also watercolors. Well, this is one thing I can appreciate. Yeah. Everything was. The art yeah. was done. But, but it fits the music. Yeah, it's So, fits, yeah. so yeah. they
1: come together yeah. and they fuse. Yeah. And this was to have a massive effect because, as I just said, Pachon, who was to be the producer of Camarón he obviously follows this and he goes on to bring out all the these bands from from triana the other part of seville the gypsy bands and of course more importantly we'll move on to he produces the the real beginning of fusion a real shocker camarón's record la leyenda del tiempo
0: now that's something that i'm a little bit more familiar with because you have Showed me and talked to me and played me, and I played it on my own many times La, Le- La Leyenda del Tiempo. And it's, as you said it once, you know, Camarón became the most probably marketable flamenco yeah. artist. He became the most commercially successful artist.
1: Ah, but you see, that's interesting yeah. because with this record, which has got on it uh, drums, yes. drums, yeah. huh? uh, fender piano. Moog synthesizers, and then, incredibly, at the end, the sitar. Now, you're Mm -hmm. saying commercially successful. When this record came out, many people were very upset by it and took it back to the shops. And now it's Mm -hmm. regarded as the greatest record ever made. Well, that always happens with music. Yes, yes, a flamenco. flamenco.
0: I think that always happens with music, not just in flamenco, but a lot of artists would say, oh, when I was almost a nobody, you know, the critics rated my, or people just didn't like my CD or LP. And three years later, or however many years later, they rewrote the, you know.
1: Yeah, because now you can buy uh, La Lienda in, you know, the really heavy vinyl version, in any version you like, in a box. It's the ultimate record to, to have, and there's been an anniversary edition of it. Uh, But at the time, you've got to remember that uh, people weren't really used to hearing flamenco with electronic instruments behind it. So it was quite a shock. You know, we're talking about 1979. What we're seeing here is the move from the field recordings, so flamenco is coming out of the field, in other words, where well-meaning producers used to go to villages with their microphones and tape recorders and, and record singers, and yeah, I'm just put it out on vinyl, to producing a record yeah. over a period of time in a studio. It's a very different mm. thing.
0: So it, 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 as, as you say, it came out of the field, went into the studio yeah. now and it's actually produced music. Uh, how do you think or whatever you have, you know, researched and heard. How did flamenco artists actually adjust to this? Because I suppose it was, it was, it was quite a, it was, it was quite an experience for them. I can imagine. You know, you sing outside in the field. Next thing you know, you're with headphones in the studio, and you have a record producer who is telling you oh, stop, start again. You know.
1: Well, the making of this record was quite extraordinary because it was made in in the outskirts of, of Seville province, and. It was made over a period of time with tortillas being brought in and all, whatever. And Camarón said to Tomate, Tomatito, his guitarist, he said, I don't know, what, what, what is this we're doing? And, and he said, don't, don't worry, don't worry, we just see <laughs> Played how Play it by you, play it goes. by you. So they were slightly confused as to what all of this project was, yeah? Uh, you know, because it was very different. Nobody would ever done this before.
0: Well, it must have been quite alien to them.
1: Yeah, but I've got to say that they were probably very aware of the Sabikas thing that we talk about. So, we know, OK, well, Sabikas has gone and played with a rock guitarist, so we're, mm. we're going to do something. But after this, Camarón was very keen to uh, get things back to the normal roots of flamenco without all of this. So, you know, it was, it was a strange thing.
0: And how long did it take? their audience to accept that flamenco is moving into it? Because obviously you, you have people who who listened to this back from the 30s, the 40s, and now things are moving. How long did it take them to take up on this new sound? Was it more the younger generation of people, or the, the older listener generation also had to adjust to it?
1: No, it was the younger generation. It mm-hmm. took quite a few years, actually. Mm-hmm. And also the, the album uh, had quite a lot of critics in in the newspapers about it. But ultimately, in the end, although it might sound like a revolutionary project, if you listen to it, and it is fusion in many places, it is so pure flamenco. Because Camarón, you can't change a Camarón. He's always going to be pure flamenco. Okay, you can put underneath him a sitar, you can put underneath him an electric guitar, electric bass, a Moog synthesizer, but you've still got Camarón.
0: Well, that is, in a way, great. Because I think this is real fusion, you know, yeah. two art forms meet, but they, you know, remain pure. Okay, and you also uh, promised to talk to me about a rock band, a Andalusia. well, a few rock bands, actually, who promoted rock. Yeah. It's quite I, interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, I
1: mean, you've got people like Alameda, Triana. Uh, you know, these were all bands of, 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 of Pajong, which they became, it's like urban... Urban flamenco.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Urban flamenco, because they, they come from the other side of the river and, and it took off. But I think if you want to talk about gypsy rock, um, an interesting example is, is a band uh, called Pata Negra.
0: Mm.
1: Now, Pata Negra, they're, they're very interesting people, uh, Raimundo, Amador, and Rafael, because, as you will, you'll know, there are bases, American bases in Andalusia and the main one is in Morong, and these people, these two young lads, they, they met the, the GIs who were playing blues, and they thought, oh, blues, and they, and they started learning the blues, and they produced many records, an incredible record where they, they it's called, the ultimate track is Blues de la Frontera, no. and what they do is they play the music of Diego del Gasto of Morong, his Fautetas, But they bring it in after a a real a a track like you hear, or like a BB King. So you're hearing this jazz, Mm. and then suddenly they go into the flamenco of Moron, and then Mm. they bring it back into the blues. This was another brilliant example of fusion. And they're masters of it.
0: Which are, in your opinion, the most uh, the, the genres of music that mesh or fuse best with flamenco?
1: Well, I think the blues is a good example. But We've got to, first of all, the most prominent example is jazz.
0: Yeah. Is it because it's black people's music?
1: Yeah. It could be. I mean, we've got, to, we've got to pay homage to Miles Davis.
0: Yes, we do. And we'll get we on do. to Paco Lucía. Because
1: yes. Miles, obviously, he, he brought out records like Sketches of Spain.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's got on it the name of flamenco things like Solia and all of this. Now, when I listen to it, I'm thinking... Maybe I'm just not up to it. I can't quite get where the Soliar is, but he, that was his interpretation of these flamenco forms on his trumpet. And this had a massive effect on people like Paco de Lucia, who started working with jazz musicians, started working with Santana, Carlos Santana, yes, and all of this. Yeah. But what we've got to talk about is his album, probably the greatest album ever made, Alma Raima, where, mm. again, do we see it as fusion? I don't know. He brings in the Arabic oud.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, is this fusion? This is a mm, difficult question. It, it is a
0: difficult question because uh, are we talking about the sound or are we talking about the pure fact that there is a, a different instrument there?
1: Yeah. Well, when you say a different instrument, that's a very interesting thing because the other thing that he does, which is definitely fusion, is as his career progresses, he brings in the cajon, the box, the percussion box, starts to replace the classic hand in the palmas, and then he brings in, to the horror of some purists, flute, <laughs> flute in flamenco. We're not keen on that. And sax. <laughs> and sax.
0: <laughs> I, I, I have no problem with the saxophone.
1: No. Uh, and so these are instruments yeah. that are totally alien to flamenco, but they're now seen as normal because of what, the power of Paco, his brilliance and everything. Mm. So he, he then does put together almost a fusion band using these things. And then, of course, he tours with jazz guitarists and they play together and he's got semi-flamenco licks going into that and there is a fusion.
0: Were the jazz musicians open to have flamenco on? Oh yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. But of course you've got to have somebody with the ability of Paco to yes. be able to play with them. Yes, Th- that's, that's what
0: I meant to say. I think especially with jazz musicians and obviously it it originated with only black musicians playing jazz. They were very, very uh, keen to put their music, you know, the, the music had to be excellent. You know, it's not even like jazz is today. It had to be pure, pure jazz. So I imagine they really looked for the right people to have on their records. Would that be fair oh, yeah, to say? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, You couldn't do it with anybody. You
0: couldn't do it with anybody, yeah. No. It's it's just like flamenco. You just can't have anyone yeah. on. It's brilliant. Well, I uh, I will divert a little bit, because I, I know that you have other things to say, but I will divert a little bit, because a few years ago, I think it was... Um, late 2017 you introduced me to a band called Ojo de Burjo now is, is that flamenco because it's, 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 it's sort of a pop music mixed with flamenco that's something that probably someone my age would listen to and you know, think oh that is flamenco but it's not yeah, in yeah. the purest form is no, it? No I
1: mean th- those people are very capable of doing flamenco uh, one of my favourite bands actually I've, I've gone to see them mm. or we could talk about a band from Malaga, Shambao uh, I went to uh, uh, Camden Town in London, England, you know, and to see, and the queues to see these people at, at the Camden Theatre, Shambao. Again, they, they sort of mix, their electronic flamenco. Oco de Bulco is not quite electronic as, as much as Shambao. And then you get this urban flamenco, which is called uh, Flamenco Bili, or Bili, and this is another form of, of, of music. And the classic people, uh, Martyrus de Compas, incredible band and i don't know maybe if if i played it to you wouldn't even think it is flamenco but these people their roots underneath what they're doing is is flamenco so there's a whole group of these people
0: yeah well somebody like you was actually it's interesting to see that you have appreciations for fusion because you are a little bit of a snob when it comes to flamenco you like your purest form what do you
1: have got hundreds of these records
0: well exactly 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 so that was my point how do you get people to appreciate the fusion because it's it's a difficult thing isn't it you have somebody who let's say has um, like yourself probably there are people out there who really like it in the purest form and then you have people like me who listen to all other things but then they encounter flamenco and it's probably a difficult thing to get people to appreciate.
1: Well, in a way, I think the opposite, because many people accuse Mm. fusion of being marketing. Mm, And they see it as as a commercialisation. No, no, really. Well, well, there are people that really uh, like their flamenco dry. Yeah? Yeah. Um, um, I I know we're going to end on a classic story after we've gone through a a few Yeah, well, well, yeah, don't don't get ahead of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, could I talk about other things that have happened, like... um, people that have worked with uh, the musicians of, of North Africa, mm. in Andalusia, so Lebrejano. So the, this is a fusion isn't it, because you've got a flamenco singer and then you've got these orchestra that are playing, you know, da buca, the oud and percussion and they play along and backing.
0: Also, it, it it seems to me that the flamenco is actually very open to collaborate. It
1: has become... More uh, open to very collaborate. Very much since. And that's why mm. I think we've got to refer back to Savikas that yes. he, he opened the doors, and then Paco w- pushed them even wider. Yeah, there was a flood after was, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get people like Gualberto, you know, he, he, he plays the sitar, this is a, a, a guitarist from Seville, and then he starts working with a Japanese professor on the piano to make a new flamenco record. So then we've got the piano coming in there.
0: Yeah. Are you keen on that, personally? Well, (laughs) (laughs) We're going to leave the question (laughs) up. I I think
1: we can pass on the piano. Yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah, you mentioned uh, Yeah. So talk to me about the the famous album, Macamba Honda.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, this was revolutionary because uh, whereas flamenco, obviously, Andalusia would have been stretches over the water to North Africa, you, thank you know, it's, uh, that nobody really experimented with working that closely with the musicians, so Andalusian music, Andalusi, is the music of these people of North Africa, they, they have these bowing instruments, uh, you know, they're, they're like violins but slightly different, yeah. and they have very different, percussion as I said uh, Dabuka and things like that and he got together and created an absolutely classic album now he was famous because he'd already done concept albums like uh, Persecution about the, the persecution of the gypsies after they came from India so he was very open to making these type of albums but he makes an absolutely incredible record uh, with, when he met with these people and he went on to make several more uh, he's a, a gypsy person obviously by his name from Lebrika. Which is part of Seville. it's hmm. a, is a is a town in in Seville province. That's why it's called Rebejano. He comes from a very famous Gypsy dynasty, and he did reach out to work with these North African musicians. And I think we can say this is proper fusion because he is singing flamenco cantis Yeah. and they are bowing underneath their particular type of a, of, of of accompaniment.
0: Do you think? flamenco could ever mesh with, let's say, classical music or, you know, genres that are really not, uh, you know, a bit more conservative, let's say.
1: Well, it has, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, there are there are artists like somebody we spoke about uh, recently, Manolo Sanluca. He, yeah. He's done a lot of work where underneath him is orchestras. Uh, I'm never particularly... You know, fond of that sort of thing. You know, I just like to hear the guitar roar. But yeah, yeah I mean, they—they they ha- has been fused with classical music. Yes. But I think a more exciting thing w- w- that you get is rap.
0: Now, this is sort of my thing because I do listen to rap a lot and hip hop as well. And listen, we're not going to comment on that, but it's interesting to me. How do you do it? Do you have a flamenco singer sort of rapping the lyrics, or do you have? A flamenco singer, like we do today, today, for example, we have um, somebody rapping and then on the chorus, somebody singing. Is, is that how it works?
1: Uh, no, they, I mean, they tend to actually rap the words. The person actually raps the words. Yeah. Uh, and inc- incredibly, uh, some elderly people from Tijuana from produced a record many years ago, uh, a rap record, and it went to the top. Of the, of the charts and these were people in, in their 60s What was the name of age? that? I can't give you the name, off the top of my head I, yeah. you, you've got me there um, I, was, I nearly remember the name of the song but it rocketed mm. in the charts and, and these were uh, elderly people doing rap so we then get a, an album released in, in 2001 uh, Rap Can and this has got all the artists on it that's starting to do rap and they they, they, they they there is singing on it and there is and there is also the the rapping of the words again it's an urban thing because flamenco is very much an urban thing ever. and uh, <clears throat> I also i've got to say that my favorite artist of all time is on this rap Canine record elena anduja and if you get an album there's an album of the same title it is to die for
0: mm-hmm. well it, usually because with flamenco, what you have translated me with the lyrics, they're quite lyrical, um, and I'm not saying that rap can't be quite lyrical, but it's it's more about uh, the raw things like social injustice or poverty or difficult life. Is that yeah. what it's? Is that what the rap lyrics are when it fuses with flamenco? Some of them
1: are, and mm. some of them are very comical. Yeah,
0: yeah, very, you very, can have very, very that. Very amusing. You can have that. Very
1: amusing.
0: Yeah. So they moved away from this very lyrical, very poetical to. We'll, we'll try to do something different. Yeah, but you've got
1: to realise that there's certain artists in Flamenco that they would never do that. That's just not, mm. their way, <laughs> not their way. Do you want me to tell you about, um, before we get on to our last yeah. story, a uh, uh, final one that I think is, is very interesting, Pepe Abishuela.
0: Yes, I want you to tell me about this because you you, you started telling me before, we and and, yeah. and I I just wanted to keep it, you know, yeah. for, you know, when we get... Well, Abishuela,
1: you know, he's a guitarist from, from Granada. And... Great, great gypsy player. And he has done a a, a very interesting fusion thing. He went and recorded with the Bollywood Orchestra. So in other words, the the flamenco came from India and he was taking it back. Yeah. And I think that's an amazing example of the full circle of of the fusion. I don't know what you think about that.
0: I have mixed feelings because uh, obviously... when flamenco started, you know the pure. You, you've told me it started yeah. with just, just your knuckles voice. and just yeah. the voice. Yeah. So that you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's difficult. It's, it's, diffi- thinking, it's, diffi- yeah. it's difficult to wrap your head around it yeah. because you're thinking, oh well, pure, you're telling me pure flamenco is, let's say, for example, what Camarón sings sometimes. Yeah. But then it's not really because it started as a raw, just doing a beat not it a conflict, a
1: conflict, isn't there? there is a
0: conflict. Even I can feel it. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about. Yeah, because
1: yeah, when when you go to Andalusia and you and you see a man or a woman just singing yes. company, then you think, wow, that is flamenco, yeah. And then when you put a CD on where somebody's got a whole load of electronic instruments behind it, oh wow, know,
0: that is flamenco. It, you know,
1: I, I can see that it's a difficult thing. Isn't it's it? a
0: very, it's a, it's a very. F- then it's a very fusible genre. It's a, you know, genre that can bend and have different uh, forms, okay. Well, you, you promised me to treat me now. <laughs> you promised me to treat me now So, a funny story from Cadiz. <laughs> and well, you're going to tell me about it.
1: Yeah. Um, in Cadiz, there's a, there's a flamenco area, Barrio La and there resides uh, most mornings and, and lunchtimes one of the great singers of our time, a good friend of Camarón, Juanito Biak. And round about lunchtime, he likes to have a glass of, of wine and read the newspaper. So I know him very well, and I came through, and we we sat down, and he was he was going over this newspaper article <laughs> over and over again, and shaking his head, and
0: as uh, you do sometimes, <laughs> and, and he, kept,
1: he put his finger on the page, and oh, and I said, well, what's the problem? And he said, look, what they've put here, and I said, what 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 do you look. They say here in this newspaper article, the new instrument of flamenco is the violin. And he, he was just so upset. And he, would, he said, I just can't believe this. It's, it's, I've never heard anything more ridiculous. Look, look <laughs> the new instrument of flamenco is the violin. And, and I said to him, look, let me get you a glass of, of wine. And, and I'll I tell you what, I've got my guitar here. And I'm going to play you. And it, oh. <laughs> so I played him a little soliá." And he calmed down, but he did not like the idea of, you know, as much respect I'm sure he's got for the violin. He doesn't want it coming into flamenco.
0: We're going to leave you here with this episode. In the next one, we're going to talk about, again, something really great about flamenco. But until then, if you listen to flamenco, play flamenco or explore the culture, don't forget one thing. Always follow the beat.